0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast.
2: Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the Power Cat Questions podcast. You're not in some weird time loop. We've already had one this week. Basically, we started a podcast on Wednesday evening, and I wouldn't shut up, and it got so long that we realized, hey, we need to stop, and we still had more questions. So here we are. We're back to talk to you again, Tim Fitzgerald, Ryan Gilbert, Zach Carlson. The only thing different about this podcast is my clothing and who's asking the questions. Zach's going to take over the MC role today, and we are sponsored by The Fridge. Make sure when you're in town, you visit The Fridge at the corner of Westport, I got it right, guys, and Claflin, right here in Manhattan, across from a Taco Bell. So if you need to get those nacho fries that apparently are addictive according to the commercials. Jeez, what a horrible commercial. Go ahead and stop by the the fridge while you're in the neighborhood. Segment sponsors also get their liquor from the fridge, Tanners and the High Low. Everyone at Tanners be warned. I'm thinking about you. That just that really did sound kind of creepy. That was kind of fun. Uh, boys, we're going to talk a little basketball and some other topics today. People are really, really fired up about K-State moving that game, which is really why we got so long in yesterday's podcast. I mean, people are really upset that there won't be eight games in town, which they never get. I still haven't looked back, Zach, to figure out when was the last time K-State had eight home games. Because if it's happened, it hasn't happened very often because we haven't had 12 games in a season very long. 2013, I think. It's really a scheduling anomaly when it happens, particularly now that K-State is doing home-and-homes with Power 5 Conferences once they kind of settle into that, it is set up so you play the road game when you have five home games in the conference, which is next year. So it's really kind of like the way it was designed, but the Stanford game was delayed and fell behind. It's just kind of a a weird thing. It's okay, folks. You're still getting seven home games. You're just not getting the eighth game that you normally don't have. So quit complaining about something you don't normally have. I don't know. That makes sense. I mean, I, people make it sound like, oh, we, we still get seven games. We one more. Well, you, you don't normally have that. I mean, it's like complaining about you didn't win the lottery. I'm, I've made plans for the lottery, but I'm not going to complain that I didn't win it.
3: You know what's funny about this, this Stanford game moving is the fact that in 2016, K-State only had six home games when they played at Stanford. And that's why they had the concert that year to make up for having only six games. So really there's still, there's no net gain here. I mean, yeah, they would have gained it back with an eighth game from that season, but 2013 was the last year, the last instance of eight
2: home games in Manhattan. Ah, the concert, the wildly overpriced concert. Did you go? No. And I'm, I'm actually was a, a fan of, I am a fan of the Zach Brown band, but I did not go because it was so expensive. It was crazy. Yeah. The undercard was not. No, that's, that's where they screwed up. You either have to go all country or not country at all. I mean, you can't go half and half unless it's like a classic rock band that all of us old country people, you know, if you bring in. Foreigner to go with Zach Brown Band or something. And all of us old farts, like, yeah, rock and roll. I don't know. I'm, I don't mean to belittle people who are upset about it. I, I just think uh, we're in an age now where we have to have a reaction. We just, if something isn't exactly the way we hoped, <laughs> there's the reaction. Yeah. We have to have a reaction. Oh, Daphne. I'll be honest here, nobody really benefits from a home game more than me. I don't want to travel. I don't want to pay for you guys to be in hotel rooms and, and drive to Dallas slash Arlington. I don't want to do that. I want to drive a half mile and park up at the stadium and walk into the press box and cover a game and come back and do the post-game podcast from my home studio. That That just sounds great to me. I would love it. And I would have friends in town for that game. And if it was an afternoon or morning game, I'd get my work done and go to Aggieville with them and have fun. I understand the beauty of a home game. The funniest thing to come out of all this was I realized that that Mississippi State game was so traumatic that I have forgotten it. I totally forgot that they just played Mississippi State. I was thinking Auburn was the last Power Five. I had blocked that from my memory because they got thumped so bad that day. Wow, we really did. Yeah, I didn't even think of that until you just said it. I know. It's like <laughs> it was a it was a trauma that all of a sudden we recovered a memory. It's like, oh yeah, that did. We really come and we forgot that they went to Mississippi State and won. Yeah, that's ugh, weird. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Oh, well, we're all here. We're ready for your questions from Wild Bash Station, and I'm going to turn it over to Zach. First question of the
3: podcast from win the dang day, 2001. I don't know why I said it out loud. It doesn't say it. He uses the letters. Anyway, from what are your thoughts on the transfer of Julius Brintz?
2: I'm a little surprised. They took a corner. Maybe he's going to be a safety. They lost a lot of safeties. Talk to Ryan Wallace about it. It's like Justin Gardner size at corner. If that's what he's going to play, it gives you some really nice depth at corner. I find it interesting that all of the portal guys so far have been on the defensive side. Hey, hey. What? Next question. We'll get to to that. Okay. Uh, Slow down. I don't know. I don't know what the questions (laughs) are. So I'm getting in trouble for stuff I don't know about. But um, I I like him. I, I could tell that Kirk Ferentz was upset by it. Uh, which is a good sign. He, You know, he knew he was losing a pretty good football player, but uh, I just want to see him play, and uh, I'm a little surprised that they've taken, uh, you know, guys in the secondary like this. Th- these weren't the positions I was banking on, but I can't talk about it now or I'll get in trouble with Zach. I don't want to get in trouble with Zach. Yeah,
3: uh, from Estonia Cat, through the transfer portal. K-State has picked up Charlotte defensive tackle, Timmy Horn, Louisville defensive back, Russ yeast, Utah state linebacker, Eric Munoz. And now Iowa defensive back, Julius Brents. That's four and zero for the defense. Is there any reason for the imbalance so far? and, especially when there's a black hole at wide receiver, do you think it will even out over time or is the staff confident that they already have offensive answers on the roster?
2: I wouldn't describe it as a black hole. I mean, it's not like you're, you're uh, passing the ball to James Harden. I mean, that's a black hole. You just never get it back. Uh, I am surprised and, and probably here's what's causing this is that, Coming to play for Chris Kleiman is an easier sale on the defensive side because he's known for defensive football. It's hard to find a defensive head coach. It is becoming more and more rare to have a defensive-minded head coach. And so if you feel like you've been in a program where uh, not enough attention was paid to defense, which I don't know that any of those really fit that description, you might be more interested in finding a head coach like Chris Kleiman. I think they will get offensive transfers. They just haven't come in any particular order than here's the guys that wanted to come right now. that makes sense? These are the guys we lock down. I think they'll get a receiver for sure, and they seem to be looking for tight ends. But I also don't think they're going to just take someone to take someone. I think at linebacker, they took someone for depth, period. Maybe defensive tackle, too. I haven't watched his film, but I, my sense is we need more bodies at those positions. and I Maybe they feel like at receiver, while they're uh, struggling a little bit, maybe they feel like we have depth, but if we can find a front-line guy, a guy that can come in and really add to our playmaking ability, we'll take it. Uh, I think we'll see the same approach at tight end. I think they're not done. And I kind of laugh how whenever we'd ask Chris Kleiman about the transfer portal, he would be like, well, we're a developmental program, so we don't want to really lean on that. And I'm like, lean on it, man. It's a weird year. You lost a bunch of guys to the portal, and here they are. They're realizing we've got to take guys from the portal, which is a really solid move, particularly if they're a one-and-done senior, which some of these guys aren't. You know, just get a guy in and uh, get something out of them and call it good and get the scholarship back. So, I think they will do something on the offensive side, and if they end up not, it's just because they didn't find the right guy that was uh, the right type of player and personality. I think they've learned a lesson about taking a transfer, whether it's portal or junior college. You've got to make sure they fit your locker room and don't disrupt your locker room, and uh, they're probably being very careful about that.
1: The last part of what you were saying, Fitz, I, I'm totally with you. You know, um, we've talked about it a bunch here on the podcast and on Wabash Station. You, a lot of these players, there's a reason they're in the transfer portal. I'm not saying that they're bad kids or anything like that, but like you mentioned, Fitz, the personality issues, they've got to be the right fit for Kansas State. There's a reason they left their previous program. So you shouldn't be quick, you know, to jump on anyone simply because they're a good athlete. If they're not going to be a good fit for K State, Don't bring them in, period.
2: Yep, that's exactly it. you got to make sure they're the right kids. And they just have to find who fits. They ran into trouble this year because they had some guys that they uh, had taken for other reasons. And they didn't really mesh with what's going on in the locker room. You screw up your locker room, you screw up your team. So they are going to probe around. And it almost strikes me, while they have guys from Iowa and Louisville Power 5 programs, that they tend to like guys coming up through the ranks a little bit more, that maybe those guys are in the portal because they feel like they need to go up a level to achieve what they want to achieve, while Power 5 guys are probably in the portal simply because I didn't get enough playing time, I didn't like this, I didn't like that. And maybe there's some guys that get in the Power get into the portal out of the power five that are like well I'm not going to play much at this level maybe I should step down so that excludes K-State from that group just gotta find the right dudes and uh, they seem to be very careful right now about making sure they find the right guys
3: from Ite and Beebe, who coaches the post players here? Is Bradford getting enough coaching from our coaches? Does he have staff and team members to practice against to improve his post play for Big 12 games?
2: You know, I'm not real sure who's handling the post right now. I mean, you've got Jordan Henriquez on the staff. He's not supposed to coach, but, you know, that goes on. And this is a time when we're not around the staff enough, so it's kind of – made it a little bit difficult for us. But I actually think he's at an advantage here because he actually does have other competent big men in practice to work with. And I have seen Jermaine Henderson talk to him on the bench, but I'm not sure that means anything. Uh, It would seem like since Jermaine replaced Brad Korn, who did coach the big men, that that might be what he handles. But like I said, Eziagou, can play. I mean he's is he a all American? Heck no, not all conference, but he runs the floor and blocks out and rebounds and sets screens, so he's he's knows what he's doing. Um Carlton Lingard is struggling with some stuff, but at least he's long and athletic that you have that in practice. I mean most seven footers that are of the stature of Bradford don't have a similar player in practice. Not many programs have two guys built like that. Not many programs have two really good post players to practice against each other either. So um, I think he's going to be fine. I, I think what he needs to do is what he's doing right now. He's going up against guys in Big 12 games. And what we're seeing is, his problem isn't going against bangers he seems to hold his own against other big guys who might be of like quickness he has struggled to get into foul trouble when he goes against quickness that might get around him so he reaches with his hands and you know sticks a leg out whatever he has to do to kind of slow him down um and that is those are habits he's got to break and that just takes some time and he'll get there. Uh, one of the things I've been really impressed about is he, he has so many things he does extremely well. The way he scores around the rim, he's very emphatic about his dunking. But if he doesn't have the right angle on the dunk, he puts it up off the backboard and protects, his, protects the ball with his offhand. It's really impressive. He's been well-trained in some of these basic things that, honestly, big men don't do. They, they catch the ball. And then they want to put it on the ground and bounce it, and that's a mistake. And then they want to go up with it without really trying to protect the ball. That's a mistake. He seems to handle himself pretty well. I'm I'm encouraged. He's just got to learn to stay out of foul trouble. Just got to play proper defense and learn when you can get away with some of the things he needs to do in the post, which are fouls, but they don't get called, and when he needs to uh, just kind of surrender the bucket. I got beat. I'm going to have to give this one up. So there's a real balance in there. he has to learn
1: Bradford's. Uh, we've talked about this a lot, but you know Easy or or Lingard, neither of them have really played any power five basketball before this season. So coming in as a freshman, I'm not trying to make any excuse for you know not only this team but but just Bradford individually, but you know he hasn't gotten much um to go against and as easyegu and Lingard get healthy as Logan Landers comes in next year. He's going to start to get more and more reps in practice because we look at the Fort Hay State loss and stuff like that. I mean, these games they're playing, they didn't even have exhibition. These were their first go arounds, you know, it, with live basketball. So I think the, the trajectory is going in the right direction for Bradford. Uh, I don't think you mentioned Coach Southwell. I don't know. Again, we don't really know much, but I mean, Henderson's not necessarily a, a big guy, neither is Lowry. So Southwell played the four at, at K state. Maybe he's coaching up Bradford. I'm sure Jo's gotten in there as well, but I mean, overall, I'm not, um, I'm not panicking. I know that that's not what the the question's asking. Um, but I, I love where he's going. He's just got to stay bought in. And if he does that, he'll, he'll have a good future at K state for sure.
3: Also from attain BB, what could be done to have a quality recruiting class like 2020 every year? Well, <laughs> the numbers, when you have, what, seven or eight players leaving from, from
1: last year, you're going to have a pretty dang good recruiting class. So that can't happen every year. Um, and it goes back to what we always talk about. You can't have the turnover and, and the issues and the bad eggs and everyone leaving. You can't have that. That, that gives you a good recruit, a, a good recruiting class. So you got to look and what's the word I'm trying to say? You know, it's good, but it's not good. Um, because something really bad had to happen to get there. So, but I, I don't know how you, you, I, how you get those good players. I mean, Southwell has been great with getting some players involved with getting Maximus Edwards. Um, you, you got to focus on recruiting. I don't know facilities. I don't know if that's what the question's really asking, but Fitz, you would know more about that, you know, than I do. I don't know what it takes to really get a young athlete
2: to come to Manhattan really well you nailed it this is just such a an anomaly that you would have this number of players open and it comes from mismanagement of your roster and picking the wrong guys getting back to the same thing we talked about the transfer portal on the football side you ended up with some guys that didn't mesh together well in your locker room and you lose the locker room you lose your team we've seen that now twice with Bruce Weber um and this is not ideal to be in this position, but I credit the coaches for having a nice recovery, not being a program that gets one and dones or really high profile guys to go out and find impact players as freshmen to come into Manhattan, Kansas is a job well done. So they've, they've kind of fallen down and gotten up gracefully and you don't want to fall down. Uh, Ideally in basketball, you'd have three scholarships a year. Once in a while, you'd hop up to four Um, and having eight's just weird. I think what gets them into trouble on the recruiting trail, and I'm going to be blunt here, they spend too many resources. And we've talked about this before on guys that they don't really have a shot at getting. I mean, that's not to say they shouldn't go after those guys. They know, uh, they need to learn when the answer will be no. And I'm going to stop, uh, trying to hit on you, so to speak, if you're not returning my texts and I don't feel like you're sincerely interested, if you've been investing a lot of time in a kid and you don't make his top eight, then you just lost a bunch of time because being in the top eight is pretty meaningless anyhow. Top two, top three, maybe even top four with the right kid. But if you can't make the top eight and you don't realize you're not a a player for his top eight, wow. Wow. Wow, that's – your time on the recruiting trail is a resource and they squander so much of that resource and then they end up, honestly, maybe taking some chances. I thought the lesson they would get out of this is is to really have the the groundwork done with recruits so that you don't have to take so many chances. I, I, th- I think they do – really, it's not about the number of guys. They did a great job of building relationships that ended up into commitments. And maybe Maximus will be a great player, but I just kind of feel like that's someone uh, you probably could have gotten a better player if you'd picked your fights better, and that's someone that is going to have to develop. And the other side of this, folks, is when you have this many young, competent players, some really good players, you can't really sell immediate stardom or coming in and, and contributing right away that's a huge advantage in coaching if you can tell a recruit heck yeah, you're going to come in and play we got we got tons of minutes available. Well, you can't say that with this next year's recruits. they don't have a ton of minutes unless you're maybe you're stretch four and that obviously is one of the players that they've got in this class We'll see i I'm not blown away by this this recruit, but uh you know. They should be done now. They should be at 13. And if they continue to recruit, that tells us they fully expect someone to leave. And, again, we're not around the team this year, so it's hard to tell who that might be. But, God, why they shouldn't have someone departing this program. When two-thirds of your roster is brand new and 11 of your 13 scholarships are within, you know, one year of being new, my God, what what's going on? It's... So stability is the next step for this program. And the first step of stability is recruiting guys that can play and help you at this level and not get guys that you frankly quickly find out we made a mistake, we need to move them on down the road. And that's happened a lot on this roster through the last nine years.
3: From Ema Wildcat 82, is Maximus the coolest name for a
2: K-State athlete since Jeremetrius? I think you've got to go back further than that. I don't know who, but I think Maximus wins. Man. Taco Wallace. Well, that wasn't really his name. Is Maximus actually his name? I think it is, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Taco was not his name, nor would he tell us the story behind the nickname. And I think we all know why. So, um, (laughs) yeah, it's a badass name. That's that's a problem with naming your son Maximus. It really sets great expectations. And for me, I think he should. His goal should be to conquer what was the Roman Empire. If you name Maximus, I mean anything short of conquering large chunks of the free world when you name Maximus is a disappointment. So being able to hit a fifteen foot jumper consistently seems really under the bar for him, but I'll take it if you can hit a three pointer play good defense, don't turn the ball over. I'll let you get off with not conquering half of Europe or all of europe I mean honestly Maximus man what about good news <laughs> Good news was a prob it was a really good name and but, again, if you name your child something, it better fit. I mean, oh, no. that's, 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 a that's a like, name. that's like what's your parents name you? Well, I'm named Skinny. Well, they kind of screwed that up. I know, but they, it just didn't work out the right way for him.
3: What about Deuce? That's pretty cool. Also not a real name.
2: Mm-hmm. Not yeah. a real name.
3: I, the, I I was, Chris. the question doesn't say
1: Cool's real name. It just says Cool's name.
2: I don't think you get credit for a nickname because you were you weren't given that name. That uh, question didn't specify. Uh, that's true. That's <laughs> true. Just I guess a better comparison would be naming me Harry. It would just be kind of weird.
3: From Yo Mama, what's the deal with the apparent dress code change for the college basketball coaching staffs? Were they were they just dressing up for the crowd
2: inside the arenas? <laughs> Okay, so here's Bruce Weber's explanation. Now I don't know if I buy into this because everyone's done it. It's not like just Bruce Weber, you know, was given this information. Point one, they were told that of all the things that coaches wear that might be carriers of germs is a tie. You only dry clean a tie when you have a stain or everything. And same with the coat. With a suit coat and slacks. You put them on, you might get a couple wearings out of them, and then uh, take it to the dry cleaners. And in the germ-fearing world in which we live, that's not good. So they've all gone to things that they take off at the end of the day and throw in the wash and clean them. That's what Bruce Weber said. I think it's more like, screw it. (laughs) This sucks. We're just all gonna, and they all kind of got together. Saying, "Yeah, we're gonna start wearing sweats. We're gonna wear a pullover or a polo." I guys, I like it. I, I I dig the uniform coach look when they all wear the same clothes, whether it's a matching polo or quarter zip or, um, you know, like spandex top with sparkles. That'd be fantastic too. Yeah. I'm in, man. If they get if they could get the fluffy shirt from Seinfeld and they all wore that. I'm in. That's not bad at all. I like it. The day they all wore those matching lavender quarter zips that everyone loves with the em on them. Man, that, that was a cool look. I I dig it. I hope this is something we carry on with. I've never understood the suit and tie. Why? And, and again, I think we can all agree that... Um, As Bob Huggins described described himself in a Kelis Robinette story, he's always been a trendsetter. uh, And that Frank Martin doesn't belong in a suit and never belonged in a suit. And we need him to be more casual because uh, he looks better with hair and not in a suit. So we got to get this thing balanced out here. But I'm all in. I love it. In fact... uh,
3: uh, If there's one... If there's one person that should wear a suit, it's Frank Martin. Why? He looks like he belongs in a suit. You don't want to mess with him. Oh, that's true. Like you, you're coming off the, you are you know, you're coming to the sideline and you better have his money. That's what he looks like. You better have the money if, you, if you're if you going to come see Frank. Hey, Mr. Huggins but, told me to come talk to you. With, I, what I like. Money. <laughs> what I like about the polos and everything else is during these November tournaments, the coaches have always worn slacks and polos or Hawaiian shirts or whatever. It looks normal because we've seen it before. It's not an uncommon occurrence to see a coach in a polo. And especially when you have guys like Bob Knight, Bob Huggins, maybe just need to name yourself Bob and you don't have to wear a suit. But, but the fact is it's not unusual to see Somebody without a suit. Now that we're seeing it every day, it's you know it's it's fine. No baseball, the managers just wear the the same
1: uniform the players have. In in football, you know they're just wearing some Nike Dry Fit. So
3: you know why not? I like it too.
2: I'm kind of into making the coaches wear exactly what the players do.
3: Ooh, what number do you think Bruce Weber would be?
2: One, wouldn't he? Wouldn't he be one? Nice. Or he could could wear 69 because he's really nice. (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't know. Is it, that the baseball thing is just weird, isn't it? Isn't it just weird that they wear the exact same uniform? <clears throat> Why
1: uh, imagine a, a baseball coach in a, in anything else though. I think that would
3: be weird. It's just what we're used to seeing in my opinion. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, a coach, a baseball manager in slacks would look ridiculous <laughs> going out to the mound. Oh, that's the trainer, right? No, that's the coach. Nah, keep them in the uniform. Give everybody a number.
2: The pandemic's changed a lot of things. And for me, uh, I have literally, since I settled in after coming back from Kansas City uh, for the 15-day lockdown, and uh, I've worn jeans twice and anything above jeans like slacks zero times. Twice in 10 months now, it has been sweats or shorts every day. And I got to tell you guys, I like it. I like it a lot. It's that I've given up on life. Look that I think I'm going to just settle into post pandemic coming to a press box near you fits in sweats. Ah, screw it.
3: I haven't thought about it, but I've also only worn jeans 10 times. And I'm pretty sure you could guess the ten times that I wore those jeans. The <laughs> no, ten home games, <laughs> ten games. football games—all yeah. not home games, but yeah, football games. Yeah,
2: that's funny.
3: Ten pairs of jeans.
2: That is funny.
3: Because I've been inside the press box. Normally, I'm wearing. What's funny is I'm either wearing shorts or sweats because it's cold outside. All right, and now I don't dress for fashion. I dress for warmth
2: or cool if it's hot outside. I dress for comfort and sexy. I will tell you what, let's put a bookmark right here, as my friend Matt Walters likes to say. As we take a break on this edition of the Power Cat Questions podcast, the bonus podcast this week, we did one earlier. We had some extra questions. Here we are. I don't know how good this is, but it's it's here. We'll be back after the break. We're sponsored by the fridge. Our segment sponsors are the High Low and Tanners. Both in Aggieville, make sure you support local businesses.
1: The Powercat Podcast will be right back.
0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: We now send it back to the PowerCat podcast.
2: Welcome back to this bonus edition of the PowerCat questions podcast. We decided to do two this week. We really had enough questions as it turned out for one and a half. This is the half with two halves in it. But we have one final question from someone who's a little bit disgruntled with me, and it's an interesting question, so we'll get into that. Remember, we're supported by The Fridge, High Low and Tanners. Please, frequent local businesses in Manhattan or wherever you live. The High Low and Tanners get their alcohol from The Fridge, so should you when you're in town. Make sure you are helping out all of those small businesses that are struggling so much right now. I'm glad they've been alongside us for a while. We might have some changes coming to the sponsorship realm, but uh, things come and go, and we will see what, about that later. But now, let's get to that final question. It's Fitz and Zach and Ryan Gilbert, your usual trio. Zach, who's emceeing this one, take it away. All right. Last
3: question of the podcast from Riley Gates. Congrats, Riley. Oh, uh does Fitz regret voting Brees Hall over Devante? He just, he didn't put the last names here. Devonte Devontae Smith, right? Up. Yeah. Classic. I, I didn't really, I don't really pay that close. I didn't pay that close attention to it. It's
2: After watching the national title yet. game.
3: Yeah. It's probably embarrassing for me to admit that, but Devonte Smith uh, for Heisman does regret voting Brees Hall over Devonte Smith for Heisman after Monday night? Yeah, I do. And, and, and Riley says, hint, I think he was crazy for doing it in the first place. You voted him second, right? Yeah. It's not that big one point. It's not like I left him off. The Riley, point. get, get your, get your knickers out of a twist. <laughs> it's fine.
2: I, you know, I'd watch Alabama and they were, You could have filled out your entire ballot with Alabama offensive players Mm -hmm. and not been crazy at all. But, no, I I wasn't really sold on anyone. As I I said at the time when my ballot was due, it was a really tough year. I didn't feel like we had enough intersectional games and, you know, I – but, yeah, after watching – again, it's because it was an intersectional game and we got to see him against other opponents – <clears throat> watching him go up against four- and five-star recruits at, at corner for Alabama or for Ohio State, and they couldn't even, they had no chance. The guy's open all the time. Uh, it's someone, did you see his comment? He kind of bit the head off of a media member when they asked him about being open throughout the game and how easy it was. And he said it wasn't easy. I mean, they were—he he had to work for that. But he makes things look easy because he's such an extraordinary athlete and he uh, has such good fundamentals. He could get off the line without even being touched because he was so quick and but could make such a move. Yeah, I do. I, I If I had the ballot back to do it post all football, I probably would reverse those two. But that's not how the Heisman works. You don't get to vote and to and. You, the votes go in before the season's over. It's just kind of stupid when you think about it. So, um, yeah, I don't regret voting for Brees Hall. I, I just, uh, at the time, from what the information I had in front of me, there, there was so much distraction with Alabama. I'm just proud of one thing. I didn't vote for a quarterback. Yeah. And... I mean, my ballot, I'm um, just so bad. I'm totally spacing off the young man's name at Texas, San Antonio. I always vote a regional person third on my ballot. Um, you know, a person I feel like deserves recognition for a good season. It's a third-place vote. It really is pretty meaningless. I don't know what else, if he got any other votes than mine. But I like to do that. I've done it with K-Staters and KU players in the past, too. But should I, in hindsight, if with more information, voted for Don Vonta Smith? Yeah. But I didn't have all that information. So there's. it's like I didn't know the end of the, the book. So I don't regret finding out what the end was by getting there. So I'm fine. Bruce Hall is special. He's really good. And uh, I think he was clearly the best running back in the country. And I think as we found out, the one thing we found out through the playoffs, <coughs> bowls, postseason, whatever, is that Big 12 played pretty good defense this year. And yet Bruce Hall was putting up the numbers he did. And that tells you a lot.
3: See, I think putting a UTSA player at third is more of a disservice to your Heisman ballot versus putting Brees Hall at one and Devontae Smith at two. Like, I just, I don't, I, that's it's just a personal if Riley's if Riley's going to get upset at something, or if anybody's going to get upset at something, at least Brees Hall was a solid college football player on a national stage. I don't want to undercut, you know, the UTSA player that we have no clue who, what his name is. Apparently
2: <laughs> I'm just so bad with names. It's, uh, <laughs> but like I'm saying here,
3: sincere McCormick. It, Sincere McCormick yep. sincere? sincere. I don't want to no,
2: really I, sincere McCormick.
3: I don't want to discredit his season at all, but the third place vote there is a throwaway vote. I, at least Devante got two points from you versus three. Yeah. Uh, at least you had him on your ballot versus the rest of the finalists that you did not have on your ballot. So you were close enough. It's the Heisman vote. You don't get to vote one person. You get to vote three, and you get to rank
2: them. So Sincere you had 1,345 yards and 11 touchdowns in 10 games, second leading wrestler in America behind Brees Hall, and Dave Campbell's magazine down in uh, Texas, which is highly, highly respected. Dave Campbell's Texas football named him the Texas College Player of the Year. So above anyone from the Big 12 or Texas A&M or any of those other schools, SMU, Houston, Sincere McCormick was considered the best college football player in all of Texas this year. And he was really good. He's just got a weird name. I can't recall it.
1: How about this? Sincere McCormick. Enters the transfer portal. Oh, uh, got and it. And then he comes to K-State. He's a wide receiver. And then he wins the Heisman. And all these questions just come together.
2: I like it. And he has a better name than than Maximus. Yeah. Wow. yeah, I forgot that part. Yep. Yep. It's a beautiful tie it thing. it all together. No, yeah. I, I think it's silly we vote for a third-place guy for the Heisman. I just do. And really what that vote's about is who they get to invite. To New York because they they tend to like at least three wasn't it wasn't four this year that went to New York yeah. for the ceremony. Did they even go? Oh, that's true. They kind of wow, what an honor to get invited onto a Zoom call. That's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Yeah, that, it. uh Yeah, so I, I just think I, I I put ton- years ago I put Tony Sands on my ballot, the Ku running back, and I just. I like to tip the hat to someone within the region, and honestly, reaching down to San Antonio was a stretch, but I I didn't feel like there was anyone on K-State, shockingly, or KU. Um, I was already using a vote for Iowa State, so maybe I should have just abandoned that, but uh, I I didn't like this year's list of players, in part because we didn't have a full schedule, you know, some teams are playing seven games. Some playing, teams are playing 10 games. Some teams had an out-of-conference game. Other teams just played within their conference, which is very incestuous. You know, you, you just don't know how. Maybe the coach is really good against scheming against the opponents he knows. So it just got to be really difficult. And, and the thing that turned me off about all the guys of Alabama is I watched Alabama play. And it was just so clear that they were so much better than everyone else. The line is better. If you've got a great running back, the quarterback's better. If you've got a great receiver, the quarterback's better. Man, the only thing I liked about Mac Jones, at quarterback, is that shirtless photo of him after the game. Did you guys see that? Mm. He should be embarrassed to take his shirt off in the locker room let alone get his picture taken. He made Tom Brady's photo for the NFL combine look better. He has no muscle, no muscle definition. And he's chubby. It was crazy. Are you saying he looks
3: like James Harden? Have you seen those pictures? Oh my God. With, with his Jersey on.
2: Oh my God. (laughs) James Harden looks like the old guy in city league basketball. I I can't believe anyone traded what they did to get James Harden. He's a tub right now. At least I'm but I'm not an athlete.
3: Can you believe that Brooklyn traded for him while Kyrie Irving is just AWOL in yeah. Toronto? What a mess. With Drake.
2: Oh my God, he's gonna be doing Nutra System with Marie Osmond pretty soon. It'll be one of his endorsement deals. Mac Jones, uh don't take your shirt off in front of the camera ever again. If if you haven't seen it, okay, I'm bringing it up for the guys.
1: Uh, I, I haven't seen Jones, but I saw a picture of Devontae Smith,
2: and he had, like, no muscle. Well, he's a receiver. I mean, he can be skinny, and you know what's mm-hmm. funny about him? They're so good that he wasn't even supposed to be the star receiver on the team. I mean, that's like... Uh, Sebastian Taylor having a a season where all of a sudden he pops up and wins the Heisman, you know, and you're like, well, he wasn't even supposed to be the best guy on the team. Okay, and now, folks, uh, this is good podcasting right here, by the way. I'm going to share my screen with my guys. There it is.
0: Whoa. Interesting. I, I don't
2: know how you go through a college weight training program for a football program guys do you see any resemblance to a peck muscle there nope
3: i will just say there's one nfl quarterback right now that is possibly retiring that would fit the mac jones would fit in well with that team if that's the look they're going for can i take a guess yeah go for it big ben oh yeah oh yeah that is big ben (laughs) It's if incredible. you told me Mac, if you told me Mac Jones played for Miami, Ohio, and he's been there for the last five years and he's ready to play in the league, I believe you. I'll take it.
2: Man, he looks like he wouldn't even make the the fraternity basketball team. <laughs> he, he seriously, he looks like the guy that. Hey guys, I'm coming out for the basketball team. Don't bother Mac, man. You just party all the time. You're not good enough to play for us. I'll tell you this, Riley Gates. I'm happy I didn't vote for that guy for the Heisman. I would be filled with regret if I voted for that guy for the Heisman. Now, he plays pretty well, but when you got a receiver and running back like he does, it's a lot easier to be relaxed about things. Man, what a specimen. And I think it's the farmer's tan that really sets it off. And says, Hey, I can crush a beer can on my head. So anyhow.
3: I like looking at your tabs right now. Yeah. I know. I'm what? snooping around his laptop. I know I know what I know what news he's liked today. <laughs> Yang <what>, Yangling?
2: <laughs> yep. Did didn't they just go to Texas though?
3: Yeah, that's what you were looking up, right?
2: Yeah, but they were. Yeah. The, yesterday's promo was highlighting uh, their little moving graphic, moved around Kansas, Missouri, Oklahoma, Texas, Colorado, and New Mexico. So I thought they were going to all of them. Nope they those just
3: bordered Texas apparently fits. Very sorry for you.
2: If this was what you're doing, why would you put Colorado, New Mexico in there, or Kansas? Why wouldn't you just do the bordering states like Missouri, Oklahoma, and because they're in Arkansas and and Texas? Oh well, yeah. And then there's Mac Jones, and then there's Twitter. What is that? Get get off there. And then uh, daily delivery, and and of course Brooklyn Ents. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, pretty cool. I'm first
3: upset. first player to get drafted, I think, for oh, yeah. K-State in the history of the program. She'd be the second pro. I can't think of the one that just left for Denmark. I think she's from Denmark, but she just signed with a
2: one of the top teams. That's, in really, division. that's really nice for recruiting. You know, I mean, to, to, to be able to tell your area recruits that you've had someone drafted into the – the professional women's league and they now have a Kansas City franchise that wants local players. It's just cool. You know what's wild to me about this new Kansas
3: City franchise? Is that three years ago Kansas City had a franchise, but they moved to Salt Lake City mm-hmm. and that team folded. So all of the all of the players and coaches, all the personnel from old Kansas City went to Salt Lake City. And once that team folded, all of those players are now going back to Kansas city just three years later. So it's technically a brand new franchise in Kansas city. It's an expansion team, but they have basically all their old players that they had from three years ago. It's not all of them, but there's, there's a handful of of players there that are definitely carryovers. It's very interesting. Also the logo that they announced looks very, Whelming. Whelming. Wow. Oh, like, underwhelming. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying I thought, to say.
2: Uh, I thought you were was, very... it, it wasn't under or over, it was just whelming. I kinda liked it. <laughs> no. You it's, think it's underwhelming? I liked it. It looks
3: it looks like if you were to go onto a video game and create your own logo <laughs> for, for a team. That <laughs> that's one of the options it would give you. I mean it it looks like it looks like something I would make just for fun.
2: I don't okay. know. But
3: the, the colors are strange I think too.
2: I I liked the strange colors. Um teal, blue and red. Yeah, the blue and the red were the shared colors and what was it? The shared colors in the two state flags? Is that what it was? I don't
3: know. I didn't look up the meanings behind
2: everything, but they have the two stars for the duality of Missouri and Kansas. Um, the weirdest thing, they have three stripes on on their crest because it uh, signifies the three trails that went through this area, Santa Fe and whatever else. I can't remember. Which is kind of cool. But- I didn't get that. Oh, Could what? you try again? <laughs> what? Siri, shut up. Why are you involved in this? I didn't, I didn't ask you anything, Siri. Go away. Oh, hmm, I don't have an answer is there something else that can help <laughs> Siri, shut up. She did. They're always listening people. they're always listening. I have a TikTok to send you based on that.
0: but, but that's a uh, side
2: point. But the weird thing is is they had three stripes. When I say three stripes, what do you guys think of? Adidas. They're a Nike pro. The Nike sponsors yeah. their kits, and they've got three stripes on their crest. It's kind of
3: weird. It's kind of like the, you know, it's kind of like the Patriots, how they have three stripes on their socks. But that's actually because they were an Adidas team twenty thirty twenty five years ago. Never there was to. a yeah. It's weird. That was kind of what they were back then. But I don't like the I don't I just I hate teams that make these new designs and everything has to have some sort of symbolism behind it. You know, you can't just make a a logo look cool and for something as generic as that, where you have to explain away design motifs and why something is the way it is. I'm not a fan. And I'm also, and on soccer, on soccer logos, I'm not a fan of using stars. If you haven't won a championship. That's what the the stars are for championships. You put the star on top or wherever you want, but only after you win a championship. Stars are are not designed things; those are earned.
2: Yeah, that's what people were really confused with. Because I, I guess the the women's team won two championships. The original Kansas City team. I don't know, and so they thought I, that's what it was for. I'm that's not what sh- it should be for, but it's for know. Kansas and Missouri. It's anyhow. Uh, the big question I want to get, since we've wandered into this weird spot, because we're just you know, talking I, to extend this thing, <laughs> I, kind of feeling that way, but I, I do want to get your thoughts on this. The big question people had was, well, what's your, what's your nickname going to be? And I'm like, have you learned nothing from sporting KC? And that's, that's what they are. They're sporting Casey. Uh, you know, soccer teams don't traditionally have a, they might adopt something as they go. Well, they haven't –
3: they're still just Kansas City NWSL. Right. They don't have a – they don't have an FC yet. I mean, it's still unofficial, I think, as far as what they're going to be called. Right. So –
2: But here's what I – what struck me is they were calling it their KC Crest, the the logo. And I'm like, that's a – if you need a name, I like it. I
3: like it. Which is funny because the logo looks like Aquafresh more
2: than Crest. (laughs) that's it for the podcast folks. (laughs) We're going to end on that. note. we're shutting this thing down. We appreciate your questions from Wabash station. I'm glad we could get out a second podcast this week for you. Uh, We will be back next week with the regular lineup of insiders in your questions podcast. Plus, plus I might have something bonus for you. If you're really good, if you stay out of trouble, I'm still curious to know if they're going to play at Texas, they have not made a decision, apparently, but of course, the decision needs to be made only before they leave for Texas, and that happens on Friday. We will see. Will K-State play basketball again this week? Stay tuned to Go Powercat. How's that for a cliffhanger? My goodness, that'll drive the clicks.
1: Wow. Powercat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.